You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Spotlight on eWomen, the place for everything eWomen Network. Entrepreneur, enterprising, enlightening, and exciting. Please welcome your eWoman host, Phyllis Smith. Hello and welcome to Spotlight on eWomen Network. I'm Phyllis Smith. So I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. Uh, She is an image and stylist expert, but when you hear her backstory, you're going to be shocked to know that it wasn't always that way. In fact, au contraire uh, to that. And she is a, a, a beautiful person inside and out. And so I just can't wait to introduce you to Cindy Porter. So Cindy, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for so, that lovely introduction. Well, you know, I have to say, when you applied to be a guest on my show, I love what you wrote. And I never, I've never done this before. I actually pull out uh, what somebody writes about, describes about themselves. But I just had to read this because it says so much. So here's what you wrote. You said, I was born se- uh, severely pigeon-toed and had to wear special braces and shoes when I was young. Uh, Kids made fun of me for the way I looked and walked. I remember not only feeling lonely, but totally alone, like I had no life, uh, no lifeliness. Um, In the first grade, I was so insecure. I would hide from eye contact, sit and eat the buttons off my clothes. I was told the school uh, by the school psychologist, uh, and then he'd peek in a window, he'd call home, and he would tell my mom, this I cannot believe, she's mentally retarded. Not only did I grow up believing I was ugly, but I also grew up believing that I was stupid. So, oh my God, how does one recover from that, Cindy? It's, it's really interesting because I've, I've told my story, but I have never heard it said back to me and it, it does um it does make me realize how far i've come you know that i was that really sad young girl and it and it stuck with me through uh, most of my life it really wasn't until my early 30s um, after all of that bad experience kind of continued to set me up for bad decision after bad decision um, I don't. I don't remember if I shared with you when I wrote that that to you that you know what I learned after probably twenty years of therapy is that when we start life feeling so badly about ourselves, when we really you know, like show up and feel like we're not enough, we go into the world and look for evidence from other people that that what we believe about ourselves is true. And so when young girls. And women, you know, don't believe in themselves. They all this all of the time do what I did, which was not set good personal boundaries, allow people to mistreat me because I always felt kind of like I must have deserved it. And so for me, it culminated in an abusive marriage and all kinds of things. Um, but thankfully, there was something in me that drove me to have a different life. And so I left all of that. And I'm so happy that it's, it's almost like that was a completely different person for where I sit today. Mm. And, um, it sounds like you had to do a lot of work to get to where you are now. What um, you are obviously, because you, your first, uh, your, your business started out, you were a, a portrait photographer. So obviously you had this creative side. Uh, did you, you, did any, how did you let that creativity play out 
say as a child, uh, did, did you use that as an outlet in any way? You know what? I didn't. I was never creative. I, um, I, I was pretty much um, just a sad and lonely child that couldn't find my way. And I didn't start to come into my own until I, I mean, I didn't believe I was even smart enough um, until I got into college and, and started to slowly believe in myself. And when, when that happened, I started to turn things around because I think what we need is to start to see ourselves succeed at something, right? And so if you don't believe in yourself and then you're not succeeding at anything and, and you probably don't want to put yourself out there because you just believe you're going to fail at everything you try, right? When you really have low self-esteem. So when I started to believe that I actually was smart and I was capable and I could get good grades, um, I threw myself into, into college academically and then I took that and threw that into work. So my first profession was not photography, it was actually sales and marketing, and I worked for high tech for probably 18 years. Mm. Um, and, and what I tell people is, in a way I was lucky that I was um, not happy, and so for me, it was like my addiction of choice was work. And so it easily could have been a much more unhealthy addiction, but somehow I found work, and I think I was trying to prove to myself and to the world that I was worthy. And so I just worked harder than everybody else. And so, did, so, so you, you even described yourself as an aholic, a workaholic. And if yes. you had to, if you had to choose an aholic, that was probably the, the best way to go. But exactly. sometimes did, how did that, did that play out at all in relationships? When you're a workaholic, you don't have time That's for exactly interpersonal right. relationships. So how did that play out for you? Yeah, what it means is that until, so I got lucky. I got, I got absolutely lucky that um, when I was in uh, Colorado and I was in an, this abusive marriage, um, I was given an opportunity to go across the country and go to work for what we now know as the internet. But at the time I had no idea what that thing was. Like there's this thing called the internet and one day we're all gonna use it and advertise our companies on it and we, we have this startup and we want you to come work for us. So I took about a 50K uh, pay cut in order to um, leave the current job I had and go work for this thing called the internet. And that small company got purchased by AOL. And I was lucky enough to watch the stock split eight times before I retired. So I, I probably would have um, burnt out and had a nervous breakdown or something else unhealthy if I hadn't landed um, with stock options and I didn't have any good um, relationships. I just, my friends were the people I worked with. And when I quote unquote retired at 38, I um, knew that what I needed to do was take time off to chill. And I had still hoped that I could meet the right guy and have a child. So I just got super lucky that I met him quickly, that he wanted to have a child. And now I have this amazing husband that I consider a soulmate. Um, he treats me like gold. And I have this amazing um, now 14-year-old son who uh, makes me happy every day. And um, I just feel really blessed that I was able to turn that negative situation into the life I have now. What it's really incredible. It's, it's, you know, when, with what you went through, 
as horrible as it was, it gave you that drive. It's so interesting to follow your journey, how, you know, that this horrible, and then you, you, you know, you work in marketing and then you, you build this 18 year, almost two decade career. And then you suddenly become like really rich at the age of 38 and you could, you could, you know, where you could actually retire. And then you meet this guy. It's like a Cinderella story almost, but it's a lot of hard work that got you there. And, uh, to get you to this point, do you think that without the work, at least that you know all that the therapy and under learning and really understanding yourself, do you think that you would be able to have gotten to where where you are where you are now in a healthy marriage with a and a healthy relationship with your son and a, and we're going to talk more about your business, but also a thriving business. Yeah, you know, I I do think that um, it was equal parts hard work and luck. Because I think you can, um, it, you know, I, if, if I had met my current husband before I had done all that work, I don't think I would have been in a position to have been able to have the relationship. I, I remember when my therapist said to me, you know, quite, quite a bit into our years of therapy, like the challenge now is whether you can accept happiness. And it sounds funny, but the truth is if you've never known it, like it's, it's hard to trust. And sometimes people sabotage themselves because we're comfortable with what we know. And so uh, I think a lot of times people get stuck and they can't get unstuck because they're just comfortable being uncomfortable kind of. And mm -hmm. so um, there was something in me that I can't describe um, that always allowed me, I always had this dream and this belief that I could have a better life. I never, I was never suicidal for some strange reason. I, I certainly could have been. Um, and I just always, I dreamt a lot. Um, you know, I'm actually putting on um, a three day event in September and I, I plan to tell my story. And I, what I want to share is like how I went from there to here. And so I've been thinking a lot about it and and I do think a big part of it is I was able to, you know, visualize or think about or dream about having a different life. And then I knew that I was stuck and that I needed help. And so I read every self-help book <laughs> ever written. And, um, and I listened to everybody who would talk to me and I followed people who were more successful. And I, um, I went to a lot of therapy. Mm. Yeah. It, and so hence you did a lot of work on yourself. And, and I think that's important because there's people who've been through, you know, the kind of abusive childhood and abusive relationships that you've been in, that you've been, uh, that you've been in. Um, and they, as you say, they kind of get stuck there yeah. and something in you drove you. And I, I'm just so compelled and, and just so, um, I don't know. It's just so fascinating to me how one person might go one way and one other person might go other way. They just sort of wake up and say, I'm going to read every single self-help book so that I can get better. I know there's more to this. And to have that little nugget in your brain to know that there's something better. And it sounds like you've always known this and you, you, you know, that you were, that you were more than 
the retarded kid that the you know that <laughs> I, I mean and the kid with the braces and the yeah. just in, incredible okay so now you've got this uh you've got an image uh and you're an image and stylist uh expert so what is so uh, so fascinating is here you went from you know the kid with the braces and feeling ugly and horrible and now you're consulting others on creating their own image and developing an image um, so how did you take that leap? Like, how did that happen? Well, so when I left the corporate world, what I knew was that um, I didn't want to do that anymore. Like, it, it didn't do anything for my heart. I felt like I was just making an already successful and wealthy company wealthier, and it wasn't gratifying. And um, I just knew I was lucky to have a second chance at a career. And... Um, I always loved photography. And so I started taking photography classes. I got certified as a photographer, won some awards. And it's like, this is it. I love it. I have a type A personality, so it can't just be a hobby. This is what I want to do. And I love, love, love the craft of photography. I think it's, it's terrific. Um, and it's a, it's a great like, combination of technical and artistic. So if you're not 100% artistic, you can still be quite good at it if you're willing to work hard and practice. Um, and I always feel like my success is just that I was always willing to work harder at everything than everybody else. Mm. Um, and that maybe that came from my background and not feeling like I measured up that I was just used to always working hard at things. And so I loved it, but I quickly realized as I was getting into it, that what I loved more than photography was helping women feel beautiful. And I saw that so few women did feel beautiful. And I was always amazed by that because I, you know, I, I felt like, you know, this whole concept I had of never feeling good about myself, you know, would really, as I grew up, would be like this exercise of going in my closet and trying on outfit after outfit and looking in the mirror and just feeling like I didn't look good and leaving my house, being late for things. And, and, you know, how can we expect ourselves to go into the world right? And inspire other people, do our best work, show up as, you know, the passionate, smart, capable, competent, creative women that we are. If we leave our house after 45 minutes of, of telling ourselves we didn't measure up. And it happens so often to, to so many women. And so I just started to put the pieces together. And then I was um, kind of accidentally invited to go to this image and style weekend. It was like um, it was like a Tupperware party for image, you know. And so this light bulb went off inside of me that like everything I know can do this. Like the you know all my branding and sales and marketing experience. It's an easy jump into well, everybody should have a brand, a personal brand, not just products and companies. And if you study art, you know that there are seven elements of art that we use in making a beautiful portrait, painting, piece of jewelry, whatever. And we could apply all of those to us personally. So that's where I said, this is what I'm doing. I went and I found um, an amazing mentor um, out in California who I studied under and got certified as an image consultant. And I um, created my own system of first personal branding and then also how to use art principles to, to look at ourselves and um, see ourselves as art so that we look our aesthetic best. So, all right, we're going to take a short break, Cindy. When we come back, we're going to talk more about personal branding and I'd love to get some tips from you that people can take away right away 
uh, and start uh, working on their own personal brand. All right, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Welcome back to Spotlight on eWomen. Here's your host, Phyllis Smith. And welcome back to Spotlight on E-Women Network. I'm Phyllis Smith. I'm speaking with the lovely Cindy Porter. She is an image and stylist uh, expert, consultant, and um, we've, uh, she's been on quite a journey from you know, the kid with the braces on her teeth and her legs made fun of, just a miserable childhood to abusive marriage. And then she's come out of it and she's living, living the life um, with, through a lot of hard work, personal development work, uh, as well as hard work on, on um, developing uh, her own craft as an, as an image and stylist consultant. So, um, Cindy, I do want to go back one second that I think would be kind of interesting. It really plays into uh, what we're talking about here. So I recently did this workshop to become a facilitator in something called um, Embody Love Movement, ELM. I don't know if you've heard about this at all, but it's all about helping girls and women love their bodies. And one of the exercises was so profound. Uh, it's, you know, where you look at somebody and first you write down on a post-it note, one thing, one, one thing that you say about yourself and your body, right? So each post-it note is for that. You know, you write it and you write it right and you can, you can come up with a stack of post-it notes and then you stand across somebody and then that person takes your post-it notes and puts it on the part of your body that uh, that you were referring to. And then you, your next thing you know, you're covered with all these negative, horrible images uh, that you say to yourself, well, this other person is looking at you who doesn't see that at all. And it's really profound. And when I did it, it was, I mean, I had no idea I said these terrible things in my head when I'm looking in the mirror, you know? Right, and, right, right. Oh my gosh. And so what I ask you is, is, how, you know, to become an image and stylist consultant, you, you talked about how important, it, the thing you would seem to love the most is helping women feel beautiful. How do you get to them to feel that way, but also on the inside? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, um, and, and that's hard, right? So if, you, if you're used to telling yourself negative messages, the approach that I take is there are many, many people that work on the inside out. There's therapists and coaches and all kinds of things. I basically take the approach of the outside in. And so when we first start to talk about a personal brand, the idea is it's not about how you can look like the classic, beautiful girl or woman that would be on a magazine cover. I don't talk about that ever at all. Um, I talk about how the ancient Greeks defined beauty. I talk about the golden mean. I talk about things that are math and art and science related as it refers to beauty. And then I teach them how to 
focus on what do they love about yourself? What are your best features? How do we emphasize your best features? And if you happen to have sensitivities, how do we learn to de-emphasize or conceal those a little bit, right? Um, but what I've found is that what happens is as you start to focus on what you love about yourself, as you start to know what colors and what textures and what shapes make you look your best, and you look in the mirror and you see reflecting back at you somebody that you're proud of, somebody that you admire, you know, that you feel good about. And then you go into the world and whether it's in an elevator or a classroom or, you know, an office and you hear people say, oh my God, you look so great today. Or I love that color on you or your glasses look awesome. Or every, I mean, does, doesn't it boost you every little time somebody gives you self-confidence? And it's too bad that we are reliant on the external world to make us feel better about ourselves, but it really does work. And so um, I, I really focus on that, like taking baby steps to who are you as a person? What does that look like? Do you know that your most powerful communication tool is how you, how you look? Mm -hmm. And it happens in nanoseconds. People judge us and we judge ourselves. So if we can start to put ourselves together in a way that we take baby steps towards looking in the mirror and seeing what we love about ourselves, then we carry that with us. So a, a personal brand then is, if you were to describe, describe it, what, what is a personal brand? Because you're talking about specifically looking at things, you know, what do you love about yourself? And then it's kind of work with that and, and accentuate that. And, but is that a personal brand or do you also help people sort of decide, you know, what that is? Yeah. So when I work with my clients, we always start with personal brand because I think that's the most important. I think if, if things aren't like your best colors or shape or patterns or proportions, but you are showing up being true to who you are authentically, then that's the first battle. The first battle is, are you showing up in a way that you communicate who you are, right? And so in order to do that, you have to know who you are. So I take them through a series of questions and thought processes and exercises um, and I also do really, you were mentioning the um, exercise you did in your program. I do um, exercises so that they get feedback from each other. And so it could be as, as simple as sometimes when I'm speaking in a group, we'll have a, a stick it or a, a post it put on their backs and everybody will be given a pen and you will just walk up to them and say, what is your first impression? And they're always positive, you know pretty or gorgeous or creative or interesting or professional or lively or whatever. Um, and then they get to pull that thing off their back. And I usually have them think about number one, how they see themselves. Number two, what they want to be written on their back. So I'll often say, if you were to get up and leave the room and we were all to say, isn't she blah, 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 blah. What would you want that to be? And it has to be five or fewer adjectives right? You can't be half 20. Like, is it that you want to be edgy or is it that you want to be lovely or is it that you want to be smart or is it that you want to be interesting or creative? Like, what is it really that makes you, you? And then once we get to that core, then how does that look? How does that look in an outfit? How does that look in an earring? How does that look in haircut? What makeup is that? What eyewear is that? 
that's the first step. And then this other thing I was talking about with the aesthetics, I call that owning your style. And that's more just using art elements to make that, to make you look your personal best on top of communicating your personal brand. You, you talked about the, the seven elements of art. I don't know what they are. What, what are they? Can you name them off? I will try to. Um, so there's line, proportion, shape, scale, value or contrast, color, and texture. And so you consider all of those things when you're considering how you want to look. And, and, and what I also think is interesting too, and you talk about a personal brand, you're not just talking about like one outfit. You're talking about changing, you know, creating a closet that exactly. is your personal brand. Another kind of interesting personal story, I was in a women's group once and I remember we talked about, like I think we, we, we uh, were putting pictures together, you know, kind of like a, like a vision board kind of thing. And we were, and I remember like all the images of women and with the way they dressed that I liked were very flowy right? So I love that kind of flowy and the long cardigans that come down to their ankles and that, you know, and, and yet I never wore that kind of thing. But once I discovered that in this meeting, in this, in this, in this group, um, I started dressing that way. And now almost everything I wear is flowy. I've got flowy pants and, and tops. And, you know, I'm also a, a yoga, you know, yoga instructor. I practice yoga, that whole world of just comfortable and flowy, but yeah. pretty and lovely. So it's really funny how we think, sometimes I think we think we know our brand, but it could be just sort of old ways of thinking you know, and then to, do, to actually discover the real you, you know? Yeah. And so many women, when I talk to them about their brand, they'll say something like, I'm a mom and I'm, you know, I'm a wife and I'm a accountant and I'm a soccer mom or like, it's more like what they do than who they are. And, and so, you know, I think if you can get to a core set of values and adjectives that describe who you are in all occasions of your life, then you dress those values and adjectives, but also the occasion. So you would show up differently for a black tie affair than you would go to a ball game, but you, but both outfits would communicate who you are as a person. So a, a simple black dress is not, you know, there is the simple black dress, but then there's a twist on the simple black dress that would actually fit into your, the brand, your personal brand. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But exactly. you need to get, yeah. And no, and I, and do you find that to know what your personal brand is, is that, is that like just your, your gut? Like the first thing that, come, you know, like for me, it was like, this is what, what I love when I see other people wearing it and then, oh wait, I can too. Yeah, um, it's usually more complicated than that. Mm. It's usually more complicated. It, it, it's, the, it's something that I try to, you know, whenever I try to take up less time when I'm working with people, um, I just can't, right? Because the thing that, and, and I think it takes us longer sometimes to unpeel the onion. So I do a, a series of different kinds of exercises that get to your subconscious as well as your conscious. Um, but there, there are ways you can do it. Like if you could go back to a time in your life um, when you were uninhibited, right? Before people said, no, Phyllis, you shouldn't wear that or you don't look good in that or, you know, all of the shoulds that have happened 
to you in your life. If you're lucky enough that you didn't have critical people around you, then you might still have it. But a lot of us have to go back to, for example, who was your, who was your childhood icon, right? Was it Wonder Woman or Pippi Longstocking, you know, or Cinderella or, um, or was it, you know, were you, were you a tomboy or did you love like flowy dresses or did you like overalls? You know, like if you can go back to that time, that will help you get in touch with your instincts. Um, but, but it usually takes a fair amount of work because we have so many shoulds on how we feel like we need to show up um, that un, un, uncovering all of that and then putting it back together in a way that you feel is appropriate for your lifestyle takes time. We just have a few minutes to go. Um, what I'd like to ask you now is if you can provide some advice on helping people, like the first maybe one or two things or three things they can do right now to help them uncover that personal brand. Well, if you don't mind me um, referring people to my website, I, I do have um, a... I have an ebook quiz and I also have a, I have created style avatars. There's nine of them. And I have created a quiz that you can take very quickly that will tell you an avatar that um, is most likely your, your uh, personal brand. So I would recommend that uh, if you have the time to do that. And if not, you know, this, this tip I gave you about going back to your early childhood or just thinking about what your adjectives are. If you could only come up with five adjectives that you want to every morning when you look in the mirror, ask yourself, do I communicate this? That you ask yourself that question. And at the end of the day, what I really believe in is there's no right or wrong. It's about being intentional. And so as a yoga instructor, it's the same concept. It's let's be mindful you can choose to do whatever you want and show up any way you want to. But I think that doing it with mindfulness and intention and wanting to communicate and show you at your best and just love yourself and find your best features when you look at yourself in the mirror, that's the most important thing you can do every day. Great advice. I feel like I could talk to you. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see you uh, at, at some point and you can, and we can chat, chat more about this. Um, just to let you know, when I was a kid, I was a tomboy and I liked overalls and I liked being <laughs> comfortable. And my mother is, loves to shop and she, uh, you know, we're very close. I would go in, I would go in the in the dressing room and she'd go do the shopping and bring the clothes back. I didn't have my own voice. And it wasn't because she insisted, it's because I hated shopping. Right. And so right. I never knew what my voice was. And so the whole thing of the, and she always was like a man, like a tailored, very smart looking, um, very, um, you know, um, like a man tailored kind of thing. And, uh, and just, and it's so funny how I'm like the opposite. You know, she, I had long, long, long hair and she used to love to brush my hair. Now I hate when people brush my hair. <laughs> and we're very close. There yep. was no abuse there, I want to tell you. We're yeah, very that's close. great. But um, yeah, so it's, I, sometimes we go back, when you go back, even if, if it's the, 
it was the overalls and being comfortable. And I think that's as an adult, it's that flowy, natural um, that, that I just love. So thank you so much for all that you do to help women feel beautiful from the outside so that they can start feeling beautiful from the inside, on the inside. And again, how can people reach you uh, at your website? Tell us that website again. So it's um, cindyporter.com, C-Y-N-D-Y-P-O-R-T-E-R.com. All right. Very good. And they can thank you so much. My pleasure. pleasure. It's been great. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network.